As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to another episode of The Beat. Of course, Nick Baumgartner alongside Brendan Quinn. Brought to you by DirecTV. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. A lot of football to talk about today. Brendan, a uh, road trip for you coming up, which is interesting. You <laughs> talked to me. A football road trip for you coming up. Yeah, yeah I'm, going, I'm going to the game, man. How about this? You want to talk to me about uh, your... Your plans here? What's going well, to happen? I'm, I'm, I'm heading down to... Uh, Big weekend, Michigan State-Miami, of course. See some Michigan State-Miami football. No yeah. rooting interest, of course. I'm going with, you know, a, uh, a lady friend. And, there you uh, go. Yeah, we're going to... She's a Michigan State grad, so... now this like, game, hey, do you want to go to the, uh, the Miami game? And I'm like, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. So, we're going to go gonna head down there and... Uh, yeah, I will be the one person there not wearing a Miami or Michigan State shirt. <laughs> You'll be the only guy not in green or yeah. orange, I guess. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, this game is... I could wear orange and green, though, and white, and just an Irish flag. Yeah, I mean, this game is in uh, Miami, the, the Dolphin Stadium, yes? I have no Dolphins idea. Great, oh, you don't great, know? Great question. Col- Colton told me that today. <laughs> I thought it was at... Uh, I thought Miami had an on-camp. Maybe they don't. But it Wait, is. An, it's well, up they, in uh, They used to Miami. play in the Orange Bowl. Well, they, they don't blew that shit up. Yeah, right? that's done. So yeah. the Orange Bowl's out, uh, and they're going to play up in the pro, whatever it's called now, Hard Rock Stadium, the Stephen Ross-owned building up there, mm. um, uh, where the Dolphins play, which is in the middle of like nowhere, as you'll see. So it'll be gotcha. interesting. Interesting to see where you're staying there. But anyway, big weekend of college football coming up uh, for the Spartans. Anyway, Michigan, of course, had a big weekend. Uh, did you catch any of these games here uh, over the weekend, Michigan uh, or Michigan State? Both of them. Yeah. Uh, in some controlling fashion here. Obviously, man. I was just zeroed in, charting it. All right. Well, here we go. We'll start <laughs> We'll start with the Michigan game. Last week, we started with Michigan State. Very impressive. 
Were you I impressed? Thought. Now let's start. So with, here's the let thing. Me start with your yeah. Let's let's get into this. Okay. I was I I was fairly impressed at the controlling of the game. I was impressed by the defense. Uh, yeah. Looked at the box score afterward, and it was like seven for seventeen or seven for eighteen on third down defense. They only let him in the red zone like once, right? Great, uh, yeah. great showing against what looks like a pretty shitty team, but whatever. <laughs> Um, but then I read the comments on, a on an Austin Meek story or a Nick Baumgartner story. I'm not sure. And, uh, people are furious. Yeah. <laughs> people are furious. Well, I mean, it was definitely a, um, a night in Michigan Twitter. Uh, I guess we'll say that it was, um, a throwback night of the, we can't throw the ball, so that's the only reason why they're running it, and all hell is breaking loose. So it was definitely one of those nights, yes. People were not uh, necessarily thrilled. So, all Somewhere. Right. Somewhere. What is, what's the right answer here? Well, the answer, as I wrote today, uh, <laughs> is that the situation is sort of, it's double-folded, I guess, because you can't ignore one, both either side of it. Um, the situation in the game, Michigan had complete control of this thing, uh, from an offensive line standpoint, you know, from just the mm-hmm. fact that they all won. I mean, they all won their individuals up front. Um, all Everyone across the board had a terrific showing. Um, I wrote about that in pretty decent detail today. Uh, Zach Zinter, the, I guess, sophomore now, he is a, a second-year player. He's in there with the club, and he had some nice swings. Everybody played well, so you have that. So if Jim Harbaugh has an offensive line that's coming off the ball and controlling the line of scrimmage, they're not – you know, that's not going to change. They're not going to do anything else. They're not going to start calling uh, throws for the sake of throwing the ball. That's not going to happen, as we sure. all know. Uh, but beyond that, um, you know, McNamara, I think at this point, as you saw, you know, they, I think that there probably is a hesitancy to really, like, just put the game in his hands because, number one, you don't need to, and number two, you know, he does need to be probably more efficient. Uh, not probably. He does need to be more efficient. He's, he's in, like, 61 62%. Uh, completion rate through two weeks um, with the degree of difficulty that he's being made, you know, being asked to make in terms of throws. Um, I think that number needs to be closer to 70. I think he needs to take better advantage of the situations that are there within the context of the system. But I wouldn't panic in terms of like, why aren't they throwing it 35 times? Because they need to test themselves right now to prove that they can do it. No, the reality here is that they need to win games and they need Mm -hmm. to figure out how to win every week and then get on to the next one. And that's what's happening. And that's what happened here. And I wrote that today. It was like, the situation is this. I mean, this is a team that was two and four last year. Um, struggled, you know, in every way, shape or form. We talked about it all off season. You get into week two. Why would you do anything but rely on your fastball to try to get a win? You're trying to win every single week as you go forward. That's how this is going to go. This whole thing about like trying to make these narrative, you know, I don't know, narrative takes or does this tell us something more about where they're going i don't think that's a thing here i think they're trying to just put it together week by week and day by day it seems to me like the resounding point from a lot of people were like this just isn't a sustainable way of winning in modern college football what say you well i mean like that's the resounding thing and and, and it's, it's not wrong because like the situation that makes people nervous is that if the offensive line is all we have and sure. the run game is all we have uh, and he can't if he can't make a throw if he can't reasonably make anyone play honest over the middle of the field, 
then we're screwed because you're going to run into a team like Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan State, um, and of course Ohio State, Iowa. If you know if you're if they're on the schedule, whatever, that's going to be able to take that away and be able. They're going to take the run away. They're going to stack you and make you throw the ball because that's right. yes, correct. You can play it the other way if you have an offensive line that is so dominant and so you know terrific that it you know you can't do anything to get around it. But like. It's a fair criticism, but it's also like at this point for Michigan, they're just trying to get you know one thing at a time. All right, sorry, we're back here. I had a uh, child uh, care situation <laughs> to take care of, but I think what we we're talking about was uh, you know this, the idea about um, you know you can't win like this, right? Like, and I think that yeah, the yeah, paranoia yeah. sets in uh, from people that you know have watched this over a seven-year period, where it's like it looks a lot like a situation where he doesn't have a quarterback that has the arm that is, you know, going to be there when it needs to be there. Maybe he has that guy, but he's a freshman and we don't know if he's ready, but also, you know, like, and that's just always what this is. It's just always this thing where every time the quarterback goes out there, unless he starts 15 of 15, everyone's mind, I think, just goes right to the immediate, like, well, I mean, everything's going to be a disaster because it's always a disaster. Yes. So, like, part of that, I think, is happening. But part of it also is, like, you know, you look at how he's playing and, you know, I like the decisions he's making for the most part. Uh, you know, some of the throws need to be better. And I think that that's, that's where it's at. I mean, we've talked about this. He's the starter because of this decision-making and everything else. Um, but, you know, the minute the offense starts stalling and the minute that someone stacks up and takes away the run to a degree that you're not getting eight yards of carry on 40 or 40 attempts or whatever the hell, where you're just grinding someone into powder, you know, and if you can't make those decisions and throws, then you can't be the guy anymore and you got to figure something else out. And like, that's the thing everybody is wondering about. And is that going to happen? And the answer is, I don't know. And that's going to be something that we're going to have to see as it sort of goes on here. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I, there's been like the notion that uh, this guy just needs to throw, like for the sake of throwing. I, I mean, you just lost your top wide receiver the week prior, right? Right. Um, everyone's still kind of trying to adjust, and I don't know. I, I feel like get the buy-in and remember what it feels like to win, and remember what it feels like to be confident. Um, yeah, there's something to be said for not <laughs> as much as there, there's a reason just to throw it to prove that this guy's the quarterback and blah, blah, blah. There's as much reason to be conservative and just win games and keep this thing on the tracks yeah. as long as possible. Um, they I, I, have to I win. have a hard time. They have to win right, games. Right. Like that was it. A- and there's this, I- the whole thing. The other pushback I hear on this is that uh, the McCarthy kid, you know, oh, he's going to transfer. Look, man, like nowadays, you can't manage rosters with the fear of people transferring because people transfer no matter what. For all you know, McCarthy could play every snap of this entire season and transfer after the season. You know, like it doesn't matter. You got to play the guys that you think can get you to win and you can't coach I am so sick and playing tired. time out of fear. Yeah. <laughs> I am, I am so sick and tired of he's going to transfer Twitter. I am so sick and tired <laughs> of the portion of Twitter that immediately just stirs shit 
and goes right to the like worst case scenario with every kid in every situation because they know it'll get retweets and they know it'll get likes and you fucking know who I'm talking about. It's ridiculous. And it happens every single time Michigan plays a football game. And some of you guys out there who get worked up about it need to stop engaging with these people because, like, you know how college football works. It's just you have to go with what's in front of you, like Brennan just said, and try to make the best of it. Like, you have to do that knowing that next year is going to be – this is every year now. Next year is going to be very different. Almost every year we see this. Staffs change. Attrition. The portal. Like, everything is – so rapid now these panicked like what about if this doesn't no like no what abouts anymore what about five years from now or what we were told no like here and now you have to focus more on that and i think that like that certainly seems what the staff's doing to me i I guess we'll see how it goes i mean that's the thing we don't know what mccarthy looks like in practice if he's all if he's awesome Right, and, and they're ignoring it. I highly doubt that, yeah. but like, you know, I mean, you if never, he deserves to play, right, then that's you a absolutely play a different conversation. Yeah, right. You don't play a guy out of fear of it. I mean, that's just, it's nonsense. But it's also and, not fair either. Like, I hear this, I hear this stuff like McCarthy's made, you know, four completed throws at Michigan. Okay. Right. One of which was like beyond impressive. Yeah. But, the people who just immediately go to like, well, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. He's a star. After four completions. Okay. Are the same people who are like, this guy's a fraud. The minute he comes into the game and has like four completions. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Just like, that's the stuff. It's already uh-huh. starting. I can sense it. Okay. And like feel it. And it's not fair to McCarthy. It's not fair to anyone at this level when you do that. So... I'm not naming any names because there's not even one person. It's a lot of people who do this, but like, sure, you guys out there who listen to this show anyway, I, I assume you're above all that bullshit because like, well, I'll tell you, know, you this. I don't, I don't know. I don't pay attention. I, so I don't know who the hell you're even talking about, but all people. those people yeah. can calm, calm down. I don't know. Um, well, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, so, all right. In terms of building on this win, like we talked about this in the, in before the Western Michigan game, right? Man, you get through those first two games, right? You you can get going a little bit, right? Now you got Northern Illinois, right. you can get to three and zero, right? And suddenly, okay, there, there's something here. And then you know Rutgers at home. I think that's the homecoming game. And then you get you know a, a legit test that is a you know it's not a end of the world type situation. You know, where if you lose at Wisconsin, but you play well, it's still yeah. a good thing, right? And then it's Nebraska, Northwestern, and then, you know, rivalry game with State. So, like, just in terms of building this into a year that doesn't turn into, you know, what was the fear of fears going into it. Like, this Washington game was really, really big. Yeah, um, I think so. To get to get through that. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I so I started – everyone's talking about the offense and what they're not doing, but I started the conversation – asking about the defense mm-hmm. and what it did do. And I'm kind of curious of your thoughts there, of what you think is like legit on the defensive side of, of the ball after, after two games. Uh, Hutchinson's legit. <laughs> we, yeah, we already knew that. Yeah, I would say that. So he's legit. He's legit. Daxton Hill, I think is legit. Um, but beyond that, I think that they're, more organized um, mm-hmm. than I probably thought they would be. 
which is impressive. I think they have a better understanding of what they want to do. I don't think it's all the way there or even close to it, but it seems like it's much further along than I thought it would be. So I think that that's there. But in terms of, you know, being able to hold up physically against a team that can really get after you, Washington has some guys up front um, that are good players. But, like, the offense isn't good, and, like, it's a mess, and I don't know what they were doing, and it's hard for me to sort of, like, totally sure. gauge yeah, all that was of that, my read right? On it. Like, like I, don't, I don't know if this was just trash. And they lost if, to Montana, if, you know, or whatever it was yeah, the week before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that they're certainly more organized and, like, in a better situation, but, like, that's the thing is, you know, are you going to be able to get off blocks against Rutgers right. even, you know, in two weeks? Like, I mean, they couldn't last year. Like, that's the – Rutgers scored 40-something – points mm-hmm. in that game or what I know it was a couple overtimes but like they had guards in that game like that'll be to me an interesting test too every single one of them uh, this week obviously is different but as a go right. forward that's kind of what you're looking for which because you know in early on we were you know cooking up some takes yeah. on the new uh yes the, t- the, the, Mike new Lester fa- the new Lester family defensive the coordinator Lester family Mike. Mike. Hey, Mike hey pretty good start, I'd say. I think this has right? been pretty good. I think this has been what they've needed. Like, I think all the buttons that they needed to push, it, I can really tell, I think, t- when the guys come out and talk, as opposed to previous, maybe it's just because it's new, you can really tell the difference it made that McDonald and the staff um, really made a point to say, we're building our own defense. We're taking, like, parts of my stuff, his stuff, this guy's stuff, and we're sort of like, this is this team's defense. So all the people here mm-hmm. right now are, like, they have their hand in sort of building something that isn't copied from somewhere else necessarily. It's your own thing. And I think they've all taken sort of ownership in that. You can tell a little bit um, just in how they talk. And, you know, I think that when they get questions about what you're trying to do here, what you're trying to do there. Sometimes the answer is a little clearer than what it was sometimes. And sometimes I, th- I just, I can sense that football has been simplified in the right ways for them. It seems like that they're not scrambling, you know what I mean? Like they're not overloaded and, and they're certainly not lacking confidence, which is what ended the deal. Cause Don Brown didn't overload them either. It was confidence was gone and he couldn't figure out how to get it back. And there was nothing else mm-hmm. left. This is, They've done a much better job. McDonald has done a much better job of helping them on game day. And when I when I say that, I mean he's giving them calls that helps them disguise some of their weak spots um, to the quarterback. It helps them, um, you know, just be in better logical situations that you don't have to just be like every single down. When you're in that press man coverage like that, we talked about that. Like if you're a defensive back, every single down is just like your whole body and mind is locked into like right. press technique. You can't. You know, you can't take your eyes off it, but you're also asked to do that. And it's just like the best of the best do it. And, you know, we saw the Ravens and um, who the hell, uh, the Raiders last night on Monday Night Football. And, we're, and that's the thing we were talking about a couple weeks ago. McDonald came from, the, from Baltimore. All they do is play cover zero, which is just man to man all across the board. Michigan's not doing right. that. They're not asking their guys to do anything crazy. I think it's been a pretty good start structurally. Do they have the roster has been the biggest question still. And that's the answer we got to find out. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know anything about Northern Illinois? Rocky Lombardi. It's back. Rocky. Oh, right. Ro- That's right. Rocky II, uh, as Jack Evelyn called it. <laughs> called it when I was talking to him today. He said, or <laughs> yesterday, he said, are you going to go to Miami or are you going to go to Ann Arbor for Rocky II? Rocky II. I was like, I think I'm going to Rocky II. But yeah, I don't know much. They did get a win. I think uh, they got a win um, with Lombardi in week one. And I don't, I don't know if they got one in week two. I don't think they did. It was not going so well. Um but Michigan should win this game. Michigan's offensive line is good enough to to maul any lower level opponents. Um, certainly, I would I would hope that certainly what we've seen the last uh, two weeks. But that's what I would expect. Three and zero going to that Rutgers game, and then um, winnable game, but also not one that you're going to slough off, right? Not one that you're going to right limp in or you know over. That's the other thing. This team is in no way. Broaching on that, other than Hutchinson wearing the sunglasses to the post game, looking like a, I don't, <laughs> movie, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, there, Hollywood mm-hmm. Hutchinson coming in, right? <laughs> other than that, no one has like flashed, and he's not, he's a pretty humble guy. He comes up there and talks about all the, some of the stuff they did wrong, some of the stuff they did right, and he's the last guy that would do this, but I don't get any like swagger to the point of like overstepping it, right? Like, I'm not hearing any of that. You don't see any of that swagger and right. like we're confident and we know we had a good week and it was, just, you know, but now we got to get going again. That kind of stuff. This reminds me of Harbaugh's first team at Michigan. It does so far, which right. is a good thing because that team, yeah, yeah, said enough, yeah. that team said enough of the shit. Let's get down to business. And, and that's what this one seems to be doing so far. So uh, that's positive if you're a Michigan fan. Yeah. I don't know though if the uh, Rocky analogy <laughs> Rocky too. adds up. Rocky lost the first one. That's true. And he won the second one. So well, I think he was just saying Rocky right. too. And where's like, Jack? And where's Jack Ebling in all of this? I think he would be Burgess Meredith. <laughs> be. I don't know. That's a good question. But like, <laughs> hmm. he, Jack would be Burgess Meredith. Anyway, I don't know. Man, I, Rocky, if he comes back and hits like one uh, eighty yarder for old time's sake, right? He's gonna. I'm sure they'll take some shots. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll push the ball. But other than that, uh, yeah, Michigan in good shape. Um, not a lot to nitpick at there. I mean, you could if you wanted okay. to, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Sure. And the uh, the Spartans. Big week for Michigan State here, I would say. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Miami, not good. Sorry to producer extraordinaire. Oh, well. Mike Zimmerand almost got got by they did. App State they did. At, at home. Um, but they didn't get got, right? So They, they, they uh, did not. I, I don't know. Does that matter? <laughs> and they got hammered by Alabama. I I don't know, man. Like, sometimes getting destroyed by Alabama like that can do something to a team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think Miami has talent. I know Miami has talent. Um, I remember when Michigan went there that one year and got in Dallas and just got completely destroyed. And that wasn't a bad team. They had talent on that team. But, like, it took them weeks right. to get over it, you know. So, 
Um, yeah, I mean, they're not in a good place, but I think this is the scenario we talked about last week um, where it was, if you're Michigan State, I, you know, you're coming down with, here we go, coming to scare the shit out of you, and it's probably more than I mean, that I mean, this now. is a Miami team, like, I, I feel like you, you, we could be maybe a little susceptible to seeing the early results because at the end of the day, I mean, just glancing at their like, game notes earlier, like, I didn't re- Miami returned 19 to 22 starters from last year's team. Yeah. That went eight and three, went seven and two in the ACC. Yeah, they had talent um, on that team. Like there's, there's guys, you know. Oh, maybe yeah, they're absolutely. just figuring their way out. And for me, though, like, look, other than obviously beating Michigan last year was enormous for Mel Tucker. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really would have mattered if they hadn't right, won exactly, that game, yes. right? In the grand scheme of things, this this is different. This is the biggest game that yeah. he's coached at Michigan State because yeah. you win this game, you get to three and zero. Yeah. Um, with you know, uh, with a league win and a road uh, power five win, pow- power five win, uh, shit, man, like that's pretty good. You know, you talk you talk about getting believers. Um, you can recruit to it, man. Like this is good. Yeah, exactly. This would be good. This yeah. would be, a, and it's again and like winning winning at Miami. Like that's a sexy yeah, win. That's what I'm saying. You know yeah, I mean? it's a recruitable right, win. Right. You're going to recruit right. some of the guys that they're recruiting. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be in battles with Miami. I would think more than you were in previous years, or maybe not. I mean, they recruited some. But it's like, but at the same time, it's same thing as I said when they went into the Northwestern game. It's doable. It's right there. Like it's these are the ones to me that you really they don't feel like. And I know Michigan State fans love to talk about the house money and oh, it's not that big of a deal if you lose, right? You don't like to blow these opportunities, right? You for sure. You need them. Like that's how Mel Tucker looks at them. I can promise you, it won't be. Well, if you know, well, everything will just be fine if we lose this game. No, no, no. This is a big opportunity here that goes beyond the results for this team right here, right now. But also on top of that, for this team right here, right now, it puts life into them that I'm not sure where they go because confidence in college football does a lot of things. And if that team gets on that plane and flies back to East Lansing three and zero. I don't know what to tell you about where it's going to go from here because nobody's going to tell sure. them that they're not going to be able to beat anybody they walk into a building with. And that's when they're yeah. at their most dangerous. That's what Michigan State football still is. I mean, Tucker has kept that part of the program there. Absolutely. Better believe it. None of that has changed. So we've seen that before. That, to me, is very similar to what it becomes in the old D'Antonio days when they would get on a heater early in the season and you'd be like, shit, you better not. I, I don't want to play them. Like, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's what it becomes. And like, right. they're, they're one more four quarter, you know, win at the line of scrimmage, make good decisions with the ball away from doing that. So this is a huge week for Mel Tucker at Michigan state, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good chance for guys uh, who we're obviously well aware of your, you know, Jaden Reed, Kenneth yeah. Walker, like, Get, you know, put their names kind of more on the national, right? Absolutely. Let's see it. National stage, yep. all that good stuff. And, you know, if if those guys go out there and keep doing what they're doing, Peyton Thorne, you know, take care of the ball, right? No turnover chains. That's keep what, that shit. Keep that Keep thing. that shit in the chest or whatever they store it in. Keep that thing in that drum, <laughs> that like band Metallica, you know, speaker drum that they keep it in. Do not let that thing. If that thing comes out, you got problems. But mm-hmm, if we don't see the turnover mm-hmm. chain. Michigan State's in good shape. Like, that's what you want to do. Mel Tucker talked about it today. I went up there, actually, and I asked him, because I think the biggest thing for me that Michigan State has shown in these first couple weeks that's been, like, consistent has been the play-to-play, just don't measure the game and keep playing. Just keep 
no matter what. Like they, they've, what do you mean by that? They started. Measure the they game. measure the game. Like they start the game on the very first play and they score a touchdown at seven mm-hmm. to nothing. So the very mm-hmm. first play, first last two weeks, right? First play sure. of both games, seven nothing. A lot of times, if a team starts hot, you see like, oh shit, like we got. I mean, this is this is going to be easier than we thought. We just spent seven days at practice killing ourselves. Like, or later in a game, right? You see, you see them start twenty one nothing against Northwestern. And they kept playing. They kept scoring. They kept adding points. They didn't measure the game in, in that the guys didn't look up at the scoreboard and say, like, this is going to change my approach to how I'm going to, you know, handle this play or handle this assignment or whatever. They kept playing because for them, that is incredibly important because I kept thinking that in the Northwestern game. They need everything. It's 21 nothing. They need more because you can't rely on – they don't have a margin. Right. They don't have, you know, that, that thing where it lets you just kind of lag. So, you know – and he talked. I asked him, you know, how much growth have you seen, kind of in that area? And he said it's it's a big one, uh, and maybe, you know, uh, he didn't say this, but for me, when you look at it, it's like to me, it's maybe the biggest one, is that you have a good play, you get yourself back to neutral, and you go on. You have a bad play, get yourself back to neutral, and you go on. That's football. You have to play it like that. The best teams play it like that, and that's how you stay in a game sixty minutes. If you don't have the talent to hang necessarily, you've got to play the full sixty minutes. D'Antonio's teams were the best at just play the game. Don't worry about anything else. Who gives a shit what the score says right now or what the yardage or whatever else at the end. Trust me, just play it. It's trestle ball, right, to a degree, but like mm-hmm. I think that they've gotten a lot better at that. Michigan State has, and that's absolutely something Mel Tucker's going to preach, and you can already see it sorting to you know, kind of take shape. What are your early impressions? I mean, I don't know how much you read into the Youngstown State game, right? Yeah. Thorne, he was like 15 for 20 or something, like almost 300 yards, right. four touchdowns. Um, what, what are your impressions of him through two games going into what is, you know, obviously a big one for him? Yeah, he knows what he's doing. I mean, I think that that's the thing. He's not, you know, he's not making – he's a great example of that. I think he's taken to Mel Tucker's sort of neutral, you know, as we just talked about Rocky Lombardi. I mean, part of the reason why he loses his job is because he turns the ball over, you know, seven times or whatever it was in the first, like, two or three weeks last season. Like, that's the difference is, like, you can't – he understands – you know, at least in the moment, or it seems is playing with more discipline in that a turnover is just, it's like when I'm watching the Lions, like a pick six, you might as well go home. Like you're not overcoming right. that. You can't get it back. Like that's how I look at these things anymore with teams that you're going to have, and Michigan State's talent level is better. No question. It's better than what it was by a lot, right? And I think we've seen that. How much, I guess, is, t- is TBD, but I'm not going to sit here and say it's Ohio State. So if you don't have that, Ability to save yourself. You don't have, you know, you've got Kenneth Walker and he's a really good player, but is he going to be able to just get you out of any situation? I, I don't know. So right. if you don't have those guys, you can't play that game. So you've got to be able to, you know, kind of live exactly neutral like we talk about. And Thorne certainly gives them a better chance at that. Certainly seems like they liked his, you know, way to do that better than Russo. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, so far so good. But this is a big test for him because this is going to be one where. Hey, if you go to if you go to Miami and they've got you know a crowd that's charged up and they're charged up because they want to prove something and they start hot, well, shit. Now we haven't seen that from Michigan State yet. It's been seven nothing, seven nothing the first ten seconds of both games they've played. So like, what happens if something else, you know, curveball comes your way? Are you gonna be able to hang in there? So you know that's kind of the next step to see how they kind of go through a game. Big question. Yeah. Do they still play Phil Collins? To enter the field at Miami when they run through the smoke, yeah, I don't know. They, I mean, they should. 
I hope they, but like, do, you I play, hope they do the do smoke, you play, at least. Do you play in the air tonight on a noon game, though? Yeah, I thought this was a night game for some reason. I asked Colton that today, and he was no. like, no, it's noon. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. I, for some reason... Nooner. For some reason, I thought this was... I just think Miami non-conference games, and I think nighttime. I don't know. I don't... Miami at night just seems way better. Miami in the day, yeah, way it's just better. gonna be like a miserable, hellish heat, dude. What's the temp? Oh. What's the temp situation gonna be here? Tucker That's talked about that question. today. The hydration. He warned the uh, press pool there to uh, hydrate, which was probably a good, uh, oh, good Jesus. decision by Mel to uh, let those guys know. No, those guys. That's gonna be one. That's gonna be one stinky press <laughs> box. It's open. I think it might be open air. Graham, I, th- Jesus. I can't remember if it's open air or not. It might be. <laughs> I've been there a couple times. Yeah. All right. The weekend in Miami is looking. Oh Christ! It's gonna be hot, man. This is gonna be a high, nasty. High eighty-eight. What's your what's your Ugh. what's your humidity? Dew point forty-four percent. Okay, looks like there's seen a that bad. potential of some uh, pop-up thunderstorms. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. South Florida. So the, that means it'll be delayed and probably it'll be a six-hour game. Well, I gotta tell you, you're getting there what Friday. Uh, late Friday night. So I'm going to say this. Uh, At about uh, middle of the first quarter, you can all think of how bad Brennan's hangover is just absolutely (laughs) wearing his ass out in this Miami game. Because 1230 on Saturday and that humidity and that sun, I can tell you right now. I don't know where you're staying, but I'm sure it's near water and I'm sure it's near something that's pouring something till four in the morning. So... (laughs) (laughs) I'll probably be the only one there uh, trying to trying to spark up some uh, some Ryder Cup conversations. <laughs> what do you guys what do you guys think of those captains picks, huh? Well, I'm sure it'll be a good one. Hopefully, it'll be a good one. This is a big one for Michigan I, State. Absolutely. This is. Uh, I hope my signal stays strong here. Yeah, we just got one of these. Here. I see that. These these storms are just wild now. I don't, I don't know what the hell's you going know, on. You know, my neighbor right. is a former environmental teacher who would tell you a few things about what's going on right oh. now. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, it's global warming, but we, that's a different yeah, podcast. I, I, you, sure, you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> that's a different podcast. All right. Different Let's podcast. get into the questions there, Mr. Baumgartner. Yeah. Fire away. All right. Actually, i got to pull them up here. Hang on. I, I uh, was too you, – you surprised me. Uh, All right. Here we see. go. All right. We got, we got one from Jeremy Fallis. All right. A friend of the oh, pod, wow. okay. a, a member of my golf trip. He says people are saying St. Joe's is a field hockey school now. Is that true? He, it is. He's not saying it, but people are. Uh, right? my, my my alma mater, which is not coached by my sister, but which she played for. Oh, uh, nice. Knocking off top five teams all over the place. Wow, really? Is now like an elite field hockey school. So oh. you know the uh, basketball not going so well, but <laughs> we have something to hang our hat on. So. Jeremy, I, I, I guess, I guess, well. I guess, yes, would be the answer right, uh, right now. Uh, Very good. Okay, go for it. Uh, let's see. We've got. I had one here that I was going to get at. It was uh, in honor of Norm Macdonald. It was. Oh. from Alex. Uh, favorite Norm Macdonald bit or joke, whatever it may be. Is if you haven't heard the news, I'm sure you have. Uh, Norm Macdonald passed away today from. Uh, Cancer battle. He had a great line. He had a great joke. Somebody tweeted it. I saw it on my feed. It was the, uh, I think he said, if you know, he had cancer. I don't think he talked about it much. Um, right. But he said something like, you know, when you die of cancer, it's my understanding that the cancer dies too. So I'll call that a draw, right, instead of a loss. Right. Or, um, 
R.I.P. Norm McDonald. I mean, one of the best ever. I mean, he the one of the absolute, best, especially right? guys like our yeah. age, I mean, like that's growing what, yeah. up with Perfect. with him, yeah. and that was like very much kind of. I feel like he was one of those voices that kind of set, yeah. like your sensibility. Yeah, you know what I mean of what what was, what was funny and what was like okay to make fun of. You know what I mean, and like yeah. taking serious things and and. <laughs> And, and and not taking them seriously. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. He was perfect. Yeah. He was my favorite always with with Norm was the incessant OJ hammer <laughs> on Saturday Night Live. Just constantly, I, every time. I got a text. It was in the MSU beat yeah. uh, group group text. It was like, uh, "Man, R.I.P. Norm." Yeah. My first response was, "Did OJ do it?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, Norm would appreciate that joke, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> my, mine is the any weekend update stuff on SNL with Norm. He was my favorite mm-hmm. weekend update guy by like 100 miles. I mean, Brennan said it. Norm MacDonald, Chris Farley, and Conan are probably the three people yeah. that when I was a kid, it didn't matter. And I was a cynical, angsty asshole. Those three guys could make me laugh at about just about anything they did. I mean, everything mm-hmm. they did. So, when, like, it's a good question from Alex, but, like, Norm is one of those guys for people like our age, yeah, for sure. It's like, yeah, dirty work, all this stuff. Like, yeah, uh, every single one of those stupid movies that he made, like, it was the movie was dumb, but like, it, Norm was always like perfect in it, you know, whatever it would be. So, yeah, nobody else like him for sure. Totally original. That's I, I think the other thing that I would say, all the way. R.I.P. Yeah, that's a bummer, man. Yeah. Um... Robert, this is an interesting one. What is the basketball equivalent of rushing for 300 yards and fans still being mad? <laughs> well, probably like winning, uh, you know, beating somebody like 50 to 45, you know, in a game that you're supposed to yeah. win by like 25. That's what, you know, like just like a grinded out game where maybe you didn't have your fastball in one area or maybe you did and you decided like, because that's the other thing, like Harbaugh, it's crazy to me. Like people just don't get how he sort of goes about this, but that's how I would see it. I don't know. What about you? Um. Well, first of all, the equivalent it would almost be like you know just just making just winning on threes, which you know they oh. we, we saw okay, under Beeline yeah. so many times. So it's not would be sustainable, like yeah. yeah, they made sixteen threes, right. but you know is that does that going to work next game? Which you're like that's better. You're actually, not way better. You're, you're yeah. not particularly you know you might not be wrong right. Because, yeah, you're not going to make 16 threes in a game. And, yeah, you're not going to rush mm-hmm. for over 300 yards every game. Um, yeah, your hardball question, though, is an interesting one because I, I've been fascinated. Like, I would love to do a um, some kind of sociological <laughs> study on what is going on right now with the fan base. Like, everything that um, hardball does is being pulled through this keyhole of, like, he's back. He's back to the old crazy guy from 2000 whatever the hell it was 15 what was his first year 15 yeah like he's 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 returned to that version of himself like as if like we have (laughs) versions of ourselves in a closet where you like put it on like a jacket and and re-engage into a a version of yourself or a a different persona or personality like that's not a fucking thing i don't know what you're talking about so like but the fact that i've i've been really curious watching this unfold of you know, everything he does, they're like, that's the guy. You know what? That's the guy I remember. You know what's and been I'm funny, like, though, to me, know. is you're right, a thousand percent. <laughs> Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. But it's funny to me when people ask him, like, 
are you different? And he's like, what do you know? He's like, you know, and he'll be like, and that is the thing. If you have paid, and he'll tell you this, and ask anyone else who's covered him all the way through, they'll tell you the same thing. If you pay attention to Jim Harbaugh and everything, you will see that this is no different than any other. It's the same. He is, this is how he is. He's a different person. It's not an act or a put on or whatever else. But as you know, Austin and I wrote about a couple weeks ago, he has made adjustments to the way that he has done business and being less authoritative. And I mean, he's authoritative, but less authoritarian would maybe be the way to go about that. And it's like with little things across the way. And he's been doing this for a few years. But this year, really, I think a lot of things clicked that needed to click. And the staff is just in a better place to right. communicate with the roster. And Jim is in a better place to let them do what they need to do and sort of coach the coaches. That's how somebody right. somebody put that to me a couple, like a month ago, um, that's, you know, close to all this, that would know a lot about what's going on. And they said, you know, coach, the advice that has been repeated to him, coach the coaches, right? Mm-hmm. Hire mm-hmm. smart people and coach them. And... You can see that's what he's doing. And I think in a lot of, you know, he's, he's bouncing around to other position groups and everything else, but, like, you're trying to put a plan together, coach the coaches. Like, I think that that's what he's doing right now, and that's Jim Harbaugh at his best in a lot of ways because that 2015 season is something people remember it a lot for the final result, but, like, he took a team that was completely lost and turned them into something that had an identity, and it was not easy, and they went through a real – ringer to get there but they got there and you know like yeah. it's not out of the realm that something like that happens again um but you know we got to see it yeah i would say before we move on to the next question like just to build on that previous point i, I would always warn people about like any any belief or notion of like that people ch- change people can yeah evolve yeah, adjust right. be totally different right but yeah. like this notion and like yeah. I, I i just say this because it's like having learned it as a writer right when i would like yeah. you go into a new season you're like this person is this type of person now you're like no it's not right. it doesn't work that way right and then once you get old enough and you realize that like right, look i can't convince myself to go to the gym for more than a week right. like and i always like tell myself i'm going to snap my fingers and you know it's what it is be yeah have a different outlook on uh, taking care of myself, but it just doesn't happen, right? So, um, you gotta have kids, man. <laughs> That'll do it. I don't, I don't, I don't have to do anything, Nick. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. No, you don't. <laughs> All right, what do you got next? Uh, let's see. What'd you think of this one? Uh, ben says, Will we see the all blue jerseys again this year for Michigan? He says, Please say yes. He liked them. Uh, do you uh, were you a fan of those? Yeah, I was. You criticized the Michigan State's attire uh, previously. I'm did. interested to see what the Spartans wear in Miami, though. But yeah, were you a fan of the blue uh, rush there? I uh, was rather indifferent. Yeah, I was too. I didn't care. I'd either. say I, they didn't. I actually thought Washington they didn't really do have, anything. Here's what I said with me or for me. I said yeah. to Austin. I said Washington should have been forced to wear all purple. All purple, all blue. I could have got, or all purple, all maize. I could have got down with that. That would have been cool to see. That would have, you can't have purple and blue. That would well, look purple and maize though. Horrible. Purple and maize is what I said. So you have Washington's oh, okay. that royal purple sure. that they have, and then uh, yeah, Michigan's maize. They wore those all maize before. The problem is that Adidas makes Washington's uniforms, oh, well, so they would somehow be like, just some horrible some color a, of violet, some atrocity, <laughs> yeah. right? Or on the scale of a national disaster. <laughs> 
Right, it wouldn't be good. So that's a good point. Uh, yeah, indifferent. I, I, I really didn't care one way or the other on any of that. It was a good atmosphere, though. I would say that that was cool. Um, it looked great. It turned it out, man. It was full. It was full. Uh, cool to see everybody. You know, they were full the first week too. But um, Michigan Stadium at night is still a pretty cool deal when they. Um, I had th- I had thought about hopping over there because I was yeah. on the golf course on Saturday afternoon and it was so backed up and slow that yeah. many guys I was playing with said fuck this and bailed. Mm-hmm. It was miserable, so we bailed after like twelve holes and uh, and it was only like six forty five or so. Nice day too. Nice night. But yeah, we were yeah. we were playing in a an Ipsy. Oh yeah, okay. We we're like you know. You can hop yeah, over yeah. there, probably just grab a, a ticket. couple tickets, yeah, right. you know, yeah. pop in there. And, There's 10 billion uh, tickets at all times. Yeah, right, right. Uh, but no, bailed on that. Yeah, it was uh, it was a cool cool atmosphere, everything else, as we say. Uh, so cool to see that back. Um, let's see. Here's a uh, another quarterback question. Right. After wa- This is from Kool-Aid Drinking Michigan Fan. After watching the film, how much of the passing game against Washington was Cade missing reads or open guys or the wide receiver's not open or running bad routes. Well, I mean, he missed some, you know, uh, he yeah. got one tipped. Um, you know, he wasn't accurate with a couple. Washington was super ready for a lot of the edge stuff that they tried. So, I mean, there was a couple of things that they tried on the edge that Washington was just ready for and they took it away. Um, but, you know, I mean, he makes the good throw downfield to Johnson in a really good, you know, and that was nice. You know, he does that. Uh, so it wasn't like horrible. I didn't think it was like, horrific. Uh, and there were actually a couple times that I was like laughing to myself as I was watching it back. Where there's a couple times where he tries to throw that bubble on the edge where I was like, <laughs> people are going to be mad. But I was like, he probably should have handed it off. Like I was like, the, the read was there. You know, the numbers were there or whatever, where it looked to me that it was a cleaner, you know, read to hand it off. But like, I don't know. I mean, I think that he needs to take better advantage of those situations when they're there for sure. Um, there were a yeah, couple yeah, times yeah. where they had a couple concepts on where it was like, if you, if you make your read and rip it right away or get the ball out to a guy like Corum in space, there was once where they, he missed him. Um, a couple of those where it's like, if you just get it out and get it to him and let him go, we're not going to be sitting here talking about your yards per attempt or whatever else. Cause you're going to be, you know, 10 of 15 for 175 yards and two touchdowns and no one's going to care. Because you're going to get the right. ball to these guys in space to let them run and make plays. And, like, that's ultimately – they talk about him being a point guard, you know, that kind of thing, distributing the ball to your playmakers and letting them do what they do. And you can call that game managing or whatever else you want to call it. It can work, but you have to be accurate. And, like, this is the thing I would say. Like, when you look at what Alabama does with its pass game – and now Alabama's had outstanding quarterbacks in terms of accuracy, like Tua – and Mac Jones were terrific. But the reads and the decisions at a basic minimum level aren't that difficult. They're just be quick and be fast with your processing and let it rip and be accurate with, you know, like they're not, as Alabama got bigger, you know, they asked them to make more difficult throws. Michigan's not asking them to make super difficult throws. It's, but a lot of it is just quick reads, be quick, be faster. If McNamara can do that with confidence, they're not going to have problems. But if that lag stays there, then it's yeah, it's going to be limiting for sure. Sure. So what else we got? <laughs> I got one more. Sorry, I delayed it as I was trying to read one. Um, uh, what is this? Is from Chris. What's the wildest thing that has ever happened to you while reporting sports? 
We'll keep it to the actual reporting of the sports. So, like, not I woke up in the wrong yeah, right. hotel on the wrong part of town and all those types of stories. Like, the most things that have, like, sort of gotten in the way and, like, complicated whatever, something? The, the, whatever, however you want to define wildest. I mean, I don't know what people's definition of wild ends up being other than, you know, so many stories from back in the early days of thinking I had internet and not having internet and then having to <laughs> run around and file stories in like janitor's closets and uh, uh-huh. cafeterias. And uh, one time, the first, actually one of the, the first time I ever went anywhere on the road for anything and stayed the night um, was the first time I ever had the Indiana high school track meet in Bloomington. <laughs> I went, stayed the night, the whole thing, right? I was going to cover the track meet because the, the, the paper had, you know, <laughs> 12 kids in this thing. That was whatever. For anyone who's never been to a high school track meet, it is probably the most challenging thing to cover in all of sports. Horrific. I mean, just... All day, and you have no idea what the hell's going on. 7,000 things going on at at once. (laughs) And I actually did have a pretty good idea of how the rhythm of a meet went. So I actually had it pretty well done. I figured it out, got everything covered, and then, like... This was like the old, old days, man. Like, I don't even remember what year this would have been. Like, 2007, 2006. So, like, I had to go send a story and, like, however I was going to do it didn't work. And I had, like, no way of getting this, like, story off my computer and, like, onto another. It was just, like, a total panic disaster, you know, at the end. I'm sure it wasn't as bad as I made it up to be in my head. but I love it. That was, like, I remember being there, you know, just panicked. You know, just, like, I'm going to sure fired. You know <laughs> that so oh, yeah. and and the odds of like every name being spelled oh yeah four by 800 just, yeah. relay team right. that you're trying to write everything's about a nightmare zero yeah, just send zero percent chance matter. you're spelling all those names correctly <laughs> just like uh, i'm sending it four hours late it's not making it anyway <laughs> like who cares like, yeah yeah, yeah the first high school games. game i ever covered was for the philadelphia daily news on a freelance gig i was throwing up like on the way there i was so goddamn nervous <laughs> It was like an eight o'clock game and the the uh, district twelve uh whatever, like divisional semis, oh, something like Everything's that. Everything's you know. on the line. It goes it goes three overtimes, all of like my roster's wrong, the numbers are wrong, everything was I filed it and like the, the paper was like deluged with complaints from parents because just everything in the story was incorrect. So but the first thing that came to mind on the like the wildest thing that happened was it was the 2000 let me just make sure I get the year right 2009 mm-hmm. is, that, is that right 2009 NCAA tournament I'm working at the number 3 paper I might have told the story on the pod yeah. at some point in the last 8 years whatever but um <laughs> 2009 NCAA tournament. I'm working for the third paper in Philadelphia. Oh, right. Nobody reads. Uh, Right. Um, I've done that too. (laughs) I I cover college basketball. They have no budget, but I I convinced them to send me to an NCAA tournament game. Yeah. Now, Villanova is playing in Tampa. St. Joe's is playing in Birmingham. Yeah. Okay. And Temple is playing in Denver. This is the year that uh, Western Kentucky at the. Big shot, right? That does sound yeah, right. There yes. You go. Sorry, go ahead. Um, so, you know the the boss man of the you know like the managing editor or whatever is like, all right, you got to you know pick one of these teams that you think is going to win because if we send you, you know, we want to get you 
for two games. Mm-hmm. And Temple at the time, this is one of those Fran Dunphy teams. This is like Deontay Christmas and Mark Tyndall. Great team. Um, they were playing Michigan State in Denver. Um, Ray, like the Raymar Morgan. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That yeah, was yeah. his name? Yep. That team. Uh, I, I liked Temple to win that game, so I'm like, I'm going to go to Denver. They were playing on a Thursday. They immediately lose. Like the noon, it was like the first game, right? <laughs> like the noon tip-off on CBS. Like, <laughs> tournament's done. underway. Two hours later, they're yeah. out, and I'm done. So I call back. I, that was the worst, the by the way. When you're covering the small <laughs> leagues, man. So can you guys like hang around for 30 goddamn yeah. seconds, please? <laughs> so I call the office, and I'm like, well... Picked the wrong one. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Already done. And they're like, "Well, you know, like, you know, we got we got a little bit of cash in the budget. Like, why don't you go to one of the other games tomorrow?" Yeah. So I'm like, "Holy shit!" Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I decide to go to St. Joe's, Oklahoma. All right. In Birmingham. This is Blake Griffin versus St. Joe's. <laughs> so he was picking up players and dunking yeah, them right. into the basket. Uh, they obviously lose that game. <laughs> and Villanova playing at the same time wins. Yeah. And they're like, well, we guess we'll send you to the next one. <laughs> so I flew from Birmingham to Tampa. How the hell did you watch. even do that? Like, how do you go from Denver to Birmingham to Tampa? <laughs> well, my, dude, my flight from Denver to Birmingham? Birmingham how the hell does that happen? I, I met, I, I was talking to, like the associate commissioner of some bullshit league or something yeah. and telling him this story. And I was like, I'm looking for a flight or blah, blah, blah. And he was like, we have a plane going. Oh, shit. Come with us. Yeah, there you go. So I was on like a four passenger plane oh going God. from Denver to Bride. I forgot that part of the story. Oh, no, but no. Yeah. yeah. See, that's what I always say. I always forget these things that I'm like, I don't, that wasn't a, at the time it seemed normal, you know? <laughs> so then I get to Tampa and I cover Villanova Siena. Yeah. Shout out Fran McCafferty. Yeah. In his former right, life as, as Siena, Siena head coach. Uh, Villanova beats them. And by the end of it, I had covered three Philadelphia teams playing three NCAA tournament basketball games in four days in three time zones. They all lost. <laughs> Villanova won to advance. Okay, right. yeah. I think that was the Scotty Reynolds buzzer yeah, beater versus okay. Pitt that's year. Right. I think. I, that might be wrong. It might have been the year before or after that, but... Um, yeah, that was just like what's happening. And I remember like flying back to Philly after the game in Tampa. Like I had not slept in four days. Yeah, it was just like now Jameson and cigarettes. How much time have you spent out of Philly at this point? Because it's true that Philadelphians don't leave. No, Philly not at all. Ever. I didn't know anything. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know how to get around anything. Like I tell my wife this all the time. Like that episode of uh, It's Always Sunny where Charlie. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Where they're like, we're going to leave town. And he's like riding in the... That's the ocean? Yeah. Right. Like, they're like, no. It's like, I'm like, I think that's real. I think that uh, that's real for, uh, for the folks there. So you were probably just like, what is that. happening? There's a lot of that. All over the place. Didn't know what was going yeah, right. on. Did not know what was happening. It was great. It was great. It is pretty awesome. All right. What do we got? Whose optimism gets... I love this question from Justin. Whose optimism gets crushed first this year? MSU or U of M? Um, I will say... Let's see. If Michigan State wins this game, their optimism is going to hang in for a minute. So I'll say Michigan. Because if Michigan State wins on Saturday, and I think they can, I don't know if they will, 
then I will say Michigan's is going to go because if Michigan State wins on Saturday and they get confident, like, they could still lose some games. And, I mean, we talked about at the beginning of the season, like, a bowl is, like, a terrific finish for them. Sure. So, you know, you can change your expectations if you want, but I know that the fan base won't <laughs> because they're very good about that. Just That's what it is. That's what we said it was going to be, and that's what they delivered. So we're going to, you know. So I think Michigan because – Wisconsin lose, okay. and uh, that'll be my answer there. I yeah, I mean, my or uh, Michigan State, they they win this game, right? It's Nebraska, and then Western Kentucky. You're you're at least getting to games you could lose almost mid October. You know, yeah, I mean, yes, of right. course. But but yeah. you know, then you get you know at Rutgers, at Indiana, Michigan. You know, right. you could very well drop three straight right there, or, or who knows what happens. But um, yeah, I think I think you got the right. Read on that. How about this one from uh, Keith? Reasonable expectations for Michigan State three years from now. Um, if Mel Tucker's still here, I assume you know all this, right? Like three years from now, reasonable expectations. That's my problem with the question. Yeah. is that if Michigan and that's State part of the question is successful. Yep. I don't know if he's there. Well, that's years. part of the question now, right? It's right, and it's. It seems dumb to talk about right now because he's done nothing. Sure. sure. But it's fair. It's a fair question because I think that most logical people look at Mel Tucker and think everything you see says he's a pretty good coach, right? Mm-hmm. There's been nothing that we've seen so far that suggests Mel Tucker's a fraud. Everything, mm-hmm. in fact, is to the contrary, that he seems like he's got his shit together. Like how how much? My only right? knock on... on- the only thing that I've seen from Mel Tucker that got like a that got a humph at me. Right, okay, what's this? Was Jesus. was the adamantly tell that the Colorado thing the night before? Okay, he fair the enough. Hey, yeah, fair enough. That was not. Yeah, there are better ways to handle that than he did. That's the only thing that I've ever seen that like gave me even a glancing blow. Um, but I think it was also and I think just that's totally fair. Yeah. Who knows? Not not many guys get into that situation. You don't yeah, and that is the fair. First time. There is some like right. there is a lot of I hear a lot of stuff about branding and things like this. Sometimes I'm mm-hmm. like I don't think you need to worry as much about that. But in terms of just in terms of just football, I think that yes, like if they have a better than people thought of season this year, if they yeah. win like eight games or something. Um, folks. Uh, get your dukes up because phone's gonna be yeah, ringing. the phone's going to be ringing <laughs> and Mel Tucker doesn't know anybody anything. He wasn't even your first call. Okay. So let, let's, <laughs> That's let's right. remember that. All right. That's right. So that is going to be a question that fair or not, Mel Tucker will have to answer when the time comes. And that in the same vein that fair or not, Jim Harbaugh had to answer the questions at, at you know, three days into his tenure about, are you going to leave to the NFL? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, there's definitely some of that with Mel Tucker and in, in that, you know, if they have a better than we thought season, yeah. I mean, if somebody fires somebody down the line and says, I'm looking around for a no-nonsense, got his stuff together guy who can come in here and get this thing from off its ass to running and going again quickly, uh, he'd be toward the top of that list if they're pretty good this year, I would think, right? Like, in terms of, like... Yeah. Get him in here. You're not going to mess around with much. He's going to come in. He's got a plan. It works. Like, that's what you're dealing with. So, like, Michigan State, I mean, that's what we've talked about for a year and a half with COVID. Like, financially, where are you going to be if that if you got to cross that bridge? And if, you know, I know Mel Tucker thinks fondly of Michigan State, and 
really likes it at Michigan State. And maybe that's what ends up happening. But yeah, to your point earlier about the Colorado thing, there's evidence would tell us that it should you should be on alert for something there, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. You know, not nothing should be guaranteed. I would say you know we had people last year looking up his buyout. I remember being like, you guys need to calm down on looking up his buyout because like maybe you need to look up on on the other side of it what that looks like if he leaves. You know because. I don't think Jesus, that's out of the realm. I forgot about the buyout I don't think thing. that's I out totally of the realm forget. either, you know? So, yeah, right. Last year after they lost the Rutgers, Holy right? shit, like, that's right. What's Milk Lickers buyout? I was like, guys, why don't you just give it a minute, okay? <laughs> For crying out loud. And, of course, I, this could all be proven wrong, and they could fall on their face, and we find out that this was all whatever, and it was a couple of good weeks, right? But, like, that's why it feels dumb to talk about it right now. It just let's see what they do, you know, as they go forward. And it's a fair question. It's, it's interesting to think about. Right, like, I know what Mel Tucker wants it to be if he's here. It, I, Mel Tucker wants Michigan State to be what Nick Saban possibly could have turned it into before he left, which is you know right. a team that something to be reckoned with here. Right, like I think that he thinks that's possible still, and you know that's what he's trying to do. Who gets the USC job, Nick? I was going to ask you that. I mean, like it's got to be. I mean, Urban is like collapsing on top of himself, like a dying star here already. Right in the. Uh, is there NFL. is there anything more entertaining? I am I am going to I'm going to be a Did you see that holder, CBS story a, with the a season ticket holder for Jacksonville's opponents for the rest of the year? <laughs> Did you see that CBS story about uh, no. all the players hate him? Like all these oh oh yeah yeah all yeah all the assistants were like fuck this guy <laughs> like already like he's he's losing it in practice apparently like taking over drills all this stuff. like what is the what's the best dessert the I, like the be- all right, the yeah, best like- the best dessert that I could imagine is like the soft serve out of the little baseball helmet yeah, yeah, when yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. nine years oh, old. Yeah, that is the equivalent of watching Urban lose as an adult. <laughs> just eating all of them. <laughs> <laughs> just endearing and delicious. So I mean, like, is he gonna go to SC? I saw that the people that would know did not label him as a candidate, so I I would I would say that he's not letting them put his name out there. Well, Thamel's the. But that doesn't mean the, shit the urban about whisperer, shit. right? Yeah, but like what does, he would even. What does he I say? Mean, he he would, I don't think he put his name on there. But like, I think Thamel would even probably tell you like that doesn't mean you know, he doesn't sure. know. I mean, like obviously sure. it's like he's not going to report something um, that he hasn't been told. But right, right, right. Urban's not talking. At least, at least the urban's people aren't. Maybe to a degree. But um, but USC is like notorious for keeping it in house, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, like, yes and no. Um, I would go after nothing's off the table. Chris Peterson, with USC. right? Well, like Chris no, Peterson's my first. Bruce call. Feldman uh, wrote yesterday that that's not happening. Uh, Peterson is Chris. He's yes, out. He's, not interested. He retired, and he's like, I'm. I retired for a reason. I don't want to do this. Am I? Is Bill O'Brien a good candidate? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Um, no, uh, he did not get along well with uh, anybody in Houston. He's a Belichick guy. The discipline it, stuff it worked at Penn State, though. Yeah, that was eight years ago. And the discipline stuff, you know, the coming in and being a hard ass and okay. yelling at people like that's his thing. Okay. And I just right now with college football, that's not that's not the move. You know what I mean? So, okay. I, you know, the people that they're gonna the names, you know, Franklin's name is gonna be on there again. You're gonna get. Franklin's going to get his eighth extension from Penn State or whatever it is. His buyout is going to be like $5 billion when this thing is over with. 
So I'm sure Franklin's name will be on there. Um, Jesus. If you think Franklin's insufferable Schefter, as Penn State coach, imagine him at USC. Oh, baby. Schefter has already <laughs> put out, and you know anything Schefter puts out with a college job is Schefter relaying yeah. an agent, telling him to write something. That Eric yeah. bien the Chiefs offensive coordinator, appears interested. That's what we should say there. It's not that USC's interested in him. It's that he's interested in SC, sure. which fair enough. Um, so maybe a guy like you know Eric Bieniemy, who was my pick for Eagles coach, right? So maybe did not get the job. You know, maybe yeah. some, like you got to remember the uh, <laughs> most famous coach in the Clay Helton era was uh, Kingsbury, uh, who went took that OC job and was there for thirty minutes, and then went and took the Cardinals head yeah. coaching job. So like you know, I mean, maybe something like that. Who knows? I mean, it's a, it's an amazing crystal ball at Oregon would be the guy I would hire. I mean, that would be what I would do. I wrote crystal. If Urban says no, Urban would be my decision because as much as Urban is floundering at uh, Jacksonville. He would be probably incredible at USC. They just let him do whatever the hell he wants. They would never check him. You know what I mean? They'd be, oh. they'd be just whatever they want to do, do it. We don't give a shit. We're done firing people in September, right? They do this all the time. Like, I think they just want it fixed. So I think SC seems to me that they might be in that spot where it's like, fix it. Get somebody in here for the love of God that will fix it and we will move on. Maybe not. I don't know, but we'll see. Urban would be fun. Nothing else. Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, we didn't. Crystal Ball would be my. Pick. What's it? F- Fickle and Fleck? No. No, no, not in California. Crystal Ball is the reason why Oregon beat Ohio State on Saturday, is because Crystal Ball has been just pillaging SC's recruiting hotbeds on the West Coast. I mm-hmm. mean, Oregon's roster is what USC's roster should be, or closer to it, because they have guys in the lines that I mean, they got fucking Sewell for crying out loud. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like those are the guys that. USC gets normally. And that if Urban is at USC, Penny Sewell's playing at USC, right? Like that kind of stuff. And I think that if you're SC, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at like who is the absolute best recruiter we can get. We have to get the number one grinder recruiter, and that is Urban Meyer. Like that's that's him. So that's what I would do. I would go to him because this ain't working. And I think anybody telling themselves that it's going to work is probably fooling themselves. If people are already pissed at him in the NFL, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And we all knew that was going to happen. I mean, maybe it improves over time, and but history tells us that, that this doesn't happen. I mean, if you're pissed at the coach this this early, it's not fixing itself. It's not a miscommunication. <laughs> like People are just like, it's not going to happen. What about... What about that young cat, the dude who's at uh, Ryan Day with the pant with the pant? No, 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 no. Ryan Day is the future. Ryan Day needs to take the Jaguars' job when Urban leaves. When, uh, when the dude who I think he's with Carolina now, who was the OC? Oh, Joe Brady with LSU. Yeah. yeah what about? Well, so why okay. isn't he like you know on the top of the list for every college job? Well, because he probably doesn't schmooze with. <laughs> People who would put them, who make lists. I don't know. Fair point. I mean, fair point. Fair point. I mean, that's probably part of it. But like reality, though, I mean, he hasn't been a head coach. Brady is a super interesting guy. I don't think anybody ever knows what to do with him. Um, Isn't he like twenty five years he's old? He's so or young. Just he's like thirty four maybe now. But like you know, I mean, that's not a deal breaker, right? Like Sean McVay. Let's see. Let's see. Was thir- is thirty three or whatever? But McVay was an offensive coordinator for he's a couple th- years. He's thirty. He's thirty one. So, Jesus. like, nobody knows what to do with him yet because he was yeah, the play yeah. caller at LSU and they had all those guys and they were so talented, but he, he did exactly what you needed to do with them all. And then he's been really good, I think, in terms of ideas in Carolina, but it was only the one year. Like, he, his name got floated for head coaching NFL jobs last cycle. 
Because people were yeah. just like, I, I don't know, you know, like. Oh, well, he came up. He came up under Sean Payton a little bit, yeah, which is so kind of like the it, the book though does the blessing. The book does seem though that um, he wants to be in the NFL. That's what it seems like that he mm-hmm. left LSU because LSU would have cut off its leg to keep that guy. Like they right. they knew damn well that Ed Orgeron was just a uh, gravelly voiced mascot. Burr. I mean, there's nothing else there. I mean, he's not. Look at it, look at them now for crying out loud. They can't mm-hmm. barely beat McNeese State or whatever it was. Uh, in one of these games, so like, I don't know, but like that's a really interesting one. I haven't, I haven't. Uh, you think Kiffin can get a call <laughs> with with? SC? Oh yes, <laughs> let's go, let's go. How about these September? Uh, would you? How how horrible would it have to be to cover USC with the the? I mean, firing guys in the uh, year September just 13th? started. J- just 14th? started. My this God, season. like yeah. what a nightmare. Who's uh, Ryan Kirchie, uh went to Michigan? He covers USC. Poor Ryan, man. I feel yeah. bad for those guys, Rand Gales. Like that's oh, I just like, that's what all did I they ever think, think was going to happen this year. I don't know. Like that's another like that's what I always say. Like, what are you doing? You could have done that in January. Like what? Yeah, you clearly didn't have any faith in him. If you're firing him in goddamn September, <laughs> like you told the whole team that that's what you were gonna you were gonna go back with this as your coach. You buy into this guy, believe in this guy, and then you fire him two days into the season or whatever. Like, that's just dumb. That is so stupid. And it's such an alumni money move at a place like that. Mm-hmm. It means not, they don't give a shit about the kids. Like, that's SC. I mean, that's what that's what's going on there. Right. And it's been going on there for quite a while. I mean, they don't... Quite a while. These fight, you know, like firing Kiffin on the tarmac. I mean, you yes. think whatever you want about Kiffin being an idiot. You don't fire uh-huh. him on the tarmac, like, or whatever. Like, what the hell? <laughs> And I mean, Sarkeesian goes in there and has got an alcohol problem that apparently no one can tell for however many years, and that falls apart. Like, I think there's a lot more going on at SC that nobody seems to poke around at that uh, needs to probably be poked around at. A lot of money. A lot of money, money. yeah, that's true. Director of Common Sense wants to know my official Ryder Cup prediction. This is the important stuff, Nick. How much do you know about the Ryder Cup? Nothing. So tell me. You know nothing, so it's it's. Well, I know United what States it is. I know what it is. Europe. I don't know who's yeah. in it. Okay, I know what it is. Yes. Okay, so uh, I won't bother. bother I know the off format. Twenty four yeah, right. names. Yeah. The, the Americans on paper, right. far and away the favorite. As a as if you just look at now, is that official normal? world rankings. Is that normal? Yes. Okay. Yes. Official world rankings heavily weighted on the American side. Yeah. They've got, you know, obviously some of the best players in the world. The best player in the world. Is probably John Rahm right now. He's on the European team. Right. He's a Spaniard. Um, I, uh, as I did with Solheim mm-hmm. when I took the European team mm-hmm. correctly. There you go. Head, <laughs> I will be taking the European team once again to pull the upset. I, uh, I don't buy in on this American team getting out of their own way. The egos. Uh, now, individualism. Tell me that. What does that mean? What's what? How what does do an mean? ego come into golf in a Ryder Cup situation? What? I don't, well, so in Ryder Cup, yeah. right? You play different formats. So it's a three-day event. The first day you play. There's there's two eighteen-hole. Yeah. After an afternoon session. <coughs> sorry. No afternoon session and a morning session. And you're teamed up with a guy. Okay. So in the morning, it would be you and I yeah. versus two European players, right? Are you scrambling? We, we, no, we would play alternate shots. Oh, so I would, okay. on, on even holes, I would hit the tee shot. 
Odd holes, you hit the tee shot. And then we play mm-hmm. every other right from there on in. You hit the second shot, I hit the third shot. You yeah, hit the yeah, yeah. Shot, right? In the afternoon, you basically play uh, better ball, where it's the better score between the two of us would be the score that we post. Yeah. Other thing, you know, other team the same way. So if we both get birdies, we have the hole, doesn't matter. If, you know, no. we take a birdie, the other team takes a par as their best score, we get that hole. Yeah. And you play a match that way, right? right. So, point being, you need to come up with combinations of players that oh, can function okay. together, that can be okay with not having their shots in their control. That are okay, maybe oh, play a different shit. play a different ball. God forbid. I didn't think about some that. of these guys. The specialization oh, yeah. of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, everyone <laughs> is a everyone's a precious angel. And you know, my clubs, like Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka, one of the most successful American golfers of the last you know ten years, has an interview with Golf Digest today. You know, just saying how weird it is to play in an in a Ryder Cup because he just basically cannot subscribe to a team concept of playing sports. You know, I did that big story on Bryson yeah, earlier yeah. the last year or whatever. Really good, yeah. all, all of his high school coaches, his volleyball coach, his soccer coach being like, this dude could not function a on a yeah, team. Right. And that's the American team. My God. The Euros just live in a different world, man. Just playing and golf. They can, they're just playing golf <laughs> right. and they want to play for, they want to play, you know, for their, oh. their, their countries. And uh, play for each other and win. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable. That's amazing. That is hilarious. Yeah. And what a story that tells. Does it not? Sure. My God. Been going on for years this yes, time, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, for sure. So, like, the Americans will typically be, you know, we'll, they'll we'll lose points, right, in the team competition. And then we'll yeah, we right. have the overall advantage when it's singles, we'll just, right? When we'll it's just on give up on the, the team part. Yeah, right. Right. So, the first two days, the first two days is 36 holes each day of team competition. Yeah. And then the, the final day is straight up singles matches between each team's 12 guys, head to head. Okay. They just line them up, right? Um, and, you know, we're typically better equipped for that. Well, that's just, yeah, whoever's uh, the best on that day, right? Sure. Right. So, uh, but look, I mean, they're, they're playing at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. By far, the American team um, is younger, stronger, bigger, mm-hmm. better. Like they are better. Um, they fit the course better. Jesus. And I'm going to take. I'm going and to. And take you're the taking Europeans the Europeans. Yeah, that's right. Well, you can't play team golf. <laughs> you can't get the job done. Where? So, where's this course in Wisconsin? Where? In Wisconsin? Uh, it's like an hour from Green Bay. So Where actually, I was offered a ticket to go to the Lions game. Oh, the Packers Monday night game. On Monday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, I'm supposed to play golf at a course uh, called the Lynx, at the Lynx course at Lawsonia, which is very highly so regarded. So is this in Appleton? Monday, Monday afternoon. No, it's a Whistling Straits in Collar, K O H L E R. It's oh, right on the lake. Okay. Um, about an hour from Green Bay. Uh, it's hour and a hour and a, I don't. I have yeah, no idea. Right proud to pronounce it. <laughs> hour and a half from Milwaukee. Um, be getting a lot it's of- in the middle of. It's in the absolute middle. Of, the media hotel is an hour away. We have to shuttle in and out every day. <laughs> so. Well, it's a good uh, thing those Wisconsin back roads are uh, nice and friendly for you to be driving. <laughs> oh, man. Where's the media hotel then? Were you in Milwaukee? Green Bay. You're in Green Bay. Well, okay. A, Ra- a Radisson in Green Bay. Right, let's get some cheese going. 
Nothing else. Get some cheese going. Um, such a weird. I will. I will be able to go to a bar in Green Bay to watch the Lions. Now you got to watch. I'm looking forward to that. Before the year is over, you got to watch the Eli Peyton Manning Monday Night Football broadcast. Are, are they doing that every game? I think they are. They should be. It should be the main thing. It is amazing. It was absolutely. It was terrific. I watched the second half of it last night. And you okay. know Peyton Manning's a funny, entertaining guy, right? Like yeah, he is yeah, a funny yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes fun of yeah. himself. All this. Eli is better. Like he because they have this like <laughs> they're brothers, of course. But it's like sure. Peyton, it'll be this thing where Peyton will get pissed about something, be like, "What the hell?" And Eli will be like, "Would you just shut up?" Or whatever. Like called, you know, it's like a really good. And I mean, their insights are amazing. I mean, they held back nothing, criticizing guys and coaches and everything else, and what you do here and what you wouldn't do here. So you got to watch that. You'll learn more in a. One Monday Night Football game about football from that than anything you do in a year watching that right there. Those guys are really fun to watch. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. I think okay. we're about done here. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if have uh, anything yeah. else. Let's get out of here. Also, I don't even know what the hell we've talked about. I don't either. Well, that probably wasn't productive, Ryder. but we appreciate everyone. Hey, people uh, are listening. listening. People are listening. So the uh, right, the numbers are up. So the right? metrics say, yeah. So, hey, well, tell a friend. I don't, don't either. appreciate it. Leave a, uh, if you'd be so kind, if you're still listening at this point, incredible. But leave a review in the iTunes store because that helps us too. Yeah. Um, support our sponsors. Use Hell those yeah, promo absolutely. codes, I guess. I think people, I think that helps oh, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure we're on the verge of being canceled at any, at any moment. Minute. Probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't, sometimes I think that people have just forgotten that this thing actually happens. Like, we've never gotten a profane warning, which I assume that's always been. <laughs> Coming around the corner. Well, we got through the but, Cody. Ah, we got through the Cody. Fuck it. The, Col- gonna, the Cody Keeler show without one. So, uh, we're just going to keep doing yeah, what we do. So, we appreciate everyone listening. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, good stuff, everyone. Uh, make sure you uh, get out there. Uh, maybe watch some football this weekend at a uh, local establishment. Uh, don't go to the chains, you know, go to your local place and, uh, support those bartenders, support those servers. Uh, they're probably understaffed, so be patient. And, uh, when you're there, tip them well. Born and raised, the place where I